1: Thank you so much for being here. We have been here all week at the National Religious Broadcasters Conference in Orlando, Florida. We've had some incredible conversations. We, we had one night of guests who I think almost all of them were Israel related. Oh. We've had a lot of guests come on and talk about parental rights and the LGBTQ movement and yeah. as you know how it is in infringing. A lot of people feel like on the movement of faith in this country. Yep. Uh, individual rights. I mean, we have re- life rights. I mean, we've run the gamut of conversations. Yeah. Who've been some of your favorites?
0: Well, listen, I think uh, we had some thunderous news. I mean, we came here the first night. Ron DeSantis is on stage age he gets officially into the race which a lot of yeah. people wonder is he ever going to get in he had a reason not to right he had a, yeah. a state law and the legislature to deal with uh but he's in now it's a much more interesting race with him tim scott got in on monday as well yep so the race is bigger i think donald trump likes that because the more people the merrier for him right um and then uh there was a big concern that christian radio business of a lot of the people that are in this room this Indeed. week uh would be uh thrown out of cars yeah. the re- removal of am radio and all of a sudden ford backpedals much like uh we've seen in some of the other corporate world uh and now am radio is saved that's good for conservatives it's yeah. good for christian radio it's also good for safety and farmers and hispanic americans uh and then we have president trump on and he puts a big idea i mean we haven't had big ideas on abortion in a long time. The idea mm-hmm. was overturn Roe v. Wade. Okay, that got done, right? Uh, and then nothing, uh, Republicans have fumbled yeah. what to do. And he says, listen, I'm gonna create Parent Corps. Right. What's Parent Corps? It's gonna be a ready-made army of thousands of American parents ready to adopt, and we're gonna create tax breaks, so if moms... Decide to take their child to term and not abort a child. uh, They'll get a tax break and parents will be ready to step in with loving hands. Take that child, take that burden, that worry off a mom's mind. That all played out and you go, oh my gosh, what else could happen here? Uh, And then we had these amazing interviews today. We're going to hear from a whole bunch of people from Israel. And I'm really excited about that. Um, uh, But I think uh, the other thing that struck me here, uh, Amanda, as I look back and I was thinking about this last night, uh, there's a passion here there is a uh, determination here that maybe Christians have been too polite for too long and that they're ready to hold their ground in a much stronger way. I don't know. Did you pick up a little bit on that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and there's something else that I'm seeing that um, I'm seeing it actually across multiple groups of people. So you and I have had conversations about the whistleblowers and yeah. the intimidation and, and retribution that they seem to be on the receiving end of Uh, parents who have been intimidated by school boards, by uh, local officials regarding their kids' education, Christians, especially during COVID, intimidated by their own governments. And there's a central theme here, and it's similar to the theme of of a candlelight flame. If a flame is big enough and you blow on it, it's going to get even larger. But if it's not big enough, oxygen is going to blow it out. And I think that there's been a miscalculation across these three groups of people that they were either going to intimidate them and squash them or they were going to inflame them even more. And yeah. these people have dug in and we are seeing that this week for sure.
0: Yeah, there's there's no doubt. And I think all across America, there's been some victories. I mean, whether it's sinking the business of Bud Light over the transgender uh, ad campaign or uh, bringing forward to its knees and saving AM radio uh, or uh, legislatures uh, passing laws that embolden parents now and give new rights to parents. Uh, there are victories that we haven't seen in a long time. And yeah. I think that uh, those victories should create momentum. Sometimes Republicans win a couple and then they go back in their corner yeah. and hunker down and go back to the country club. Uh, this is not a country club year if you're a conservative. Uh-uh. If you wanna uh-uh. save the values that you think important in America, Standing on the sidelines is not an operation. Going to the country club is not an operation. Getting in the foxhole and fighting for the future your company is a country is. And I think I heard that from these broadcasters and others. And you're gonna hear that now. We had some great interviews. We're gonna throw to one of them right now. We'll be right back.
1: There has been a really devastating trend here in the United States. We have seen a rise in anti-Semitism and it seems like no matter what metric you look at, uh, it's a startling discovery. One of the most recent ones that that we saw was more than one in 10 Americans under 40 believe that Jews caused the Holocaust. And you look at that for for my generation, for John's generation, and, and compare that to this youngest generation and their ignorance Of the Holocaust and issues surrounding the Jewish people Uh, it's startling to see so that's one of the things that I want to talk about with you David Rubin the founder of Shiloh Israel Children's Fund among other things your many books uh, your your past mayoralship of Shiloh Israel lots of things to talk about but I want to start with uh, Shiloh Israel Children's Fund and and what that came from because you took something that was devastating and probably would have torn apart a lot of people and broken someone down psychologically. And you and your son, tell us about the experience from 2001 and what it turned into.
2: Well, I was coming from Jerusalem. I I was driving from Jerusalem with my three-year-old son uh, sitting behind me in the baby seat where halfway home to Shiloh, suddenly the car was hit with a massive hail of bullets. There were terrorists from the Palestinian Authority on the on the right side of the road they were firing at our car with AK47 assault rifles oh. the car went completely dead when the bullets hit i saw i saw tracers whizzing past my eyes and i couldn't get the car to start and uh, and then a bullet hit me in my left leg blood started flying out all all over the place i turned to my son and he looked like he was trying to scream or cry but no sounds were coming out Later, once the car started miraculously and we got to an ambulance, uh, they realized that he had been shot, that he had been shot in the head oh. where the skull meets with the neck causing a skull fracture uh, and the bullet that went in through his neck missed his brainstem by one millimeter. Oh my word. So we survived that attack, thank God, after several operations and we're, we're both physically at least uh, alive and well today. And as a result of that, I had this this vision uh, because I saw how much my son was suffering. And as I explored, I saw how much so many terror victim children were were suffering. And that's what led me to start the Shiloh Israel Children's Fund for the purpose of healing the trauma of the terror victim children and restoring some of the lost innocence to their lives.
0: Wow. What an amazing thing. And what what a way to turn such a horrifying tragedy into something that gives back and tries to heal a community. We have a need right now in our our communities across America to have a conversation we're afraid to have. You have a new book coming out that talks about that conversation. Tell us about the book, why it's important and why Americans need to have that conversation too. Oh, absolutely. Uh, The name of the book is Confronting Radicals,
2: What America Can Learn from Israel. Mm. And what, what does that mean? It means that America can learn from Israel's successes and Israel's mistakes. And we've had a lot of mistakes. We've had a lot of successes. Uh, the mistakes such as uh, when the state of Israel was reestablished in 1948 as a modern state. There, there was a, a socialist economy which took away the freedom of the people. Uh, there was one health fund, there was one TV network, and so on and so forth. Right, no choice. And for 30 years, it was like that. And ultimately, we learned from our mistakes. Uh, This appeasement towards the Palestinian authority that we had originally, we've learned from that as well. Uh, But in Israel, you can learn from our successes as well. The traditional family is on the rise. Uh, The traditional family, meaning mother, father, and children, And in addition to that, people are having more and more children. And the return to God is palpable. Mm -hmm. You can see it. It's in the air. And it's a process, but it's happening. And that's something that America can learn from. Oh, absolutely.
1: Well, and it sounds so trite, but I attribute so many of the problems that America is experiencing right now to the breakdown of the nuclear family. And I think that that bleeds out into culture, into politics, every facet of American life, with respect to what we can learn from from Israel. You know, as you look at this administration, the Biden administration, compared to the previous president, President Trump, who had a very strong relationship with Prime Minister Netanyahu and did a lot of things in concert with the nation of Israel. Talk to us about the dichotomy between those Two administrations.
2: Okay. Well, first of all, I wrote the book Trump and the Jews. Yes, that's right. So I do know a little bit about that topic. (laughs) Uh, Biden really wasn't worth it. Uh, Frankly, Biden has been the the main proponent of that assault on the values that made America great. And you know, if any country that does not respect its values that does not respect his roots, is destined to fail, is destined to fall. And that's what we've seen happening over the past few years.
0: Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, David, um, there is one to one and a half, maybe two generations of young adults that came through an education system here in America that kind of oriented them to hating America, to think that we came from evil roots, slave owners, that uh, in some cases there are students who believe the Holocaust didn't occur, as mentioned. You have a lot of wisdom in your book. How do parents uh, of young adults who got mistrained in our education system, how do they have a conversation to recenter them back on what makes America great, what makes Israel great, why our two nations need to stay closely allied? Okay. Well,
2: first of all, uh, in confronting radicals, I, I address this topic. and the, uh, You have to understand everything in context. At the time that when the United States had slavery, there was slavery all over the world. It wasn't just the United States, That's right. and and the United States was one of the first countries to do away with slavery. So, understand history in context, and teach your children history. Get involved at the grassroots level, and get on the school boards. You know, from the 1960s, the left started. Uh, uh, they started getting involved. What happened to the radicals from the 60s? They joined the establishment. Yeah. They didn't become establishment, right. but they joined the establishment, right. and and they they took advantage of it uh, with a lot of hard work at the grassroots level. It's time for the religious people and for the right in the United States and the conservatives to take action Same at thing. the grassroots level. Get on school boards, etc., and and. Do something yeah. absolutely,
1: those Good positions advice. are so important. I want to, we've just got about 30 seconds left, so I want to ask you, I want to take it back to the Shiloh Israel Children's Fund. Where can people find out more about that? Contribute if they'd like to learn more.
2: Sure, well, we have the website which is shilohisraelchildren.org, S H I L O H, Israel Children. .org. They can go right in there. There are lots of videos and all kinds of information about what we're doing with the children. And it's it's truly turning the pain of, of uh, terrorism into miracles.
0: Inspiration. Wow. Well,
1: David, for you and your son, I mean, what a devastating uh, terror, I mean, just terror-stricken incident for you two to go through. But for you to bring about this fund and, and use it to help others is incredible. We appreciate you.
2: Well, thank you. David Rubin. I appreciate that.
1: All right, everybody, we are here at National Religious Broadcasters Conference, and we've got more coming up for you after these quick commercials.
0: Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JustNews. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title and your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time, go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Folks, we're sponsored today by Donors Trust, the tax-friendly way to preserve your charitable giving. In times of crisis, Dotus Trust clients are using their funds to support charities helping their local communities while also using their giving account to give to the charities you love. That's DonorsTrust.org slash just News.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Again, we are here at the National Religious Broadcasters Conference. We've had some incredible conversations this week, and a lot of them surround Israel, our nation's relationship with Israel. And I think it is such an important conversation that we have often on the show, oh, yeah, but especially here at this conference. And we are here with Brigadier General Amir Avivi, founder of IDSF. Uh, you have a lot of accomplishments within the IDF, but talk to us about, I know you have a story that you wanted to tell us out of Jerusalem. So so let yeah, So,
3: you know, I'll tell you sh- shortly about IDSF, Israel Defense and Security Forum. You know, I served 30 years in the IDF, most wow. of them in combat. Wow. And for me, securing Israel for generations is probably the, po- the most important thing. Yeah. So, three years ago, I founded a new NGO. It's a movement. It's a grassroots movement called Israel Defense and Security Forum, IDSF. Mm. And, you know, we believe that national security is first and foremost. Mm about national values, yeah. it's about our connection to Judaism, to Zionism, it's about spirit. And uh, because this is so important to many officers in Israel, in three years, 18,000 Israeli officers and commanders joined the organization. Wow. So, yeah, it's growing exponentially, you know, we're educating the young generation, we're very active on media and social media, and we work with the government. We have a strong research department and uh, we, we do policy papers and so on. But you know, we just celebrated the day of Jerusalem. And I want to tell you an amazing story that really made me, in the long term, build this organization. I was a battalion commander in Operation Defensive Shield in 2002. And these were hard times for Israel. And we fought really hard. You know, for 10 months, day and night, day and night, my soldiers operating in Judea and Samaria against terrorists, knowing that if they fail even once, There will be a terrible terror attack and, and, you know, people will get killed. So the tension was really high. And after 10 months, we we were told, guys, you have three weeks to get organized. And you are going back for 10 months of uh, fighting, which is unbelievable. Never happened before. So I took all my soldiers to, you know, talk to them. And I found myself asking a very strange question. I, I asked. How many of you guys have ever been in Jerusalem? This is Israeli soldiers. Half of my battalion has, have never been in Jerusalem, which is unbelievable. And then I asked the ones that were in Jerusalem, how many of you have been in the Kotel, in Temple Mount? Only half of them. And I was shocked. Now I had three weeks. One week is vacation. One week for organizing the equipment. This must be done. And I had only one week of training. And I said, I'm not going to train the soldiers. I'm going to take all of them to Jerusalem a whole week. And I took all the 800 soldiers to Jerusalem. We went to the city of David. You know, they connected to the route 3,000 years before. We went to the hotel, to the old city. And then we also visited the Knesset, the Supreme Court. In the last day, 800 soldiers sat at the president's house and talked to the president of Israel. Wow. And you know, when we came back, this was a completely different battalion. They excelled in combat to such an extent that after a few months of uh, fighting and really managing to foil all terror attacks and not losing even one soldier, the chief of staff asked to meet with me. He said, Amir, your battalion is excelling. We didn't see something like that. What, what did you do? And I said, it's not what we did. It's what Israel did for us. It's what Jerusalem did for us. And he was so impressed uh, because of this story that he chose me as aide-de-camp in his office. Wow. Moshe Bogie alone.
0: Wow. Reminding people what they were fighting for, that's just such a powerful thing. For the last seven decades, Israel and the United States have had a very special relationship. The last couple of years have been a little ambiguous on the American side. You just spent some time up in Washington. Tell us what message you conveyed to the Senate, to the House, what message you want Americans to hear from Israel.
3: What do you need from us? So we have seen a huge change in the last year. We are seeing uh, the East getting closer and closer together because of the sanctions. We are seeing an emergence of a Russian-Chinese-Iranian bloc in the Middle East. Mm -hmm. And they are feeling that the West is not willing to fight. So they are pushing hard, you know, in the Pacific, in Europe, but also in the Middle East. And this is destabilizing the whole region. And what I said in Washington is that we need US leadership. We need the US to lead to build a coalition, to pose a military threat on Iran. And by doing this, they will also manage to deter the Chinese in the Pacific and the Russians in Europe. Mm. So really, by allying uh, with Israel, with the Sunni world, we can really build deterrence again in the globe and also achieve peace. You know, the Saudis really want to push forward the peace agreement with Israel. They won't do that without the U.S. stepping forward and willing to be part of this coalition defending the Middle East.
0: And you don't see that now, right? The Biden administration doesn't signal You know, them, it's the, not
3: happening. I was in Washington also in March, and I said, listen, the Middle East is changing much faster than you are You know, doing something about that. Yeah. Yeah. And two weeks later, Saudi Arabia renewed relations with Iran, yeah. Yeah. with the Chinese brokering this deal. Yeah. So it's obvious that we need uh, this leadership. And yeah. you know, Israel, at the end of the day, if needed will defend itself by itself. We are ready to do that. But if Israel goes alone to war, this will bring the whole region into chaos. It will be a regional war right. that will impact the whole globe. Yep. That's not a good solution. So we're hoping that we'll see a change soon, because I think reality speaks for itself, you know?
0: Yeah, Yeah. we see those changes.
1: Yeah, we have a lot of young viewers of this network. So I wanted to ask you, you know, you look at a a 16 or a 17 or an 18 year old here in the States, who's kind of floundering in school, they're maybe going to take a gap year, they may go to college, they may not, they're spending a lot of time on TikTok. And then you look at an 18 year old in Israel, preparing for, you know, to, to fight for their country and the value that military service instills in young people what are we doing wrong here
3: i think that one of the biggest mistakes of the west overall is giving up conscription having the youngsters serving in the army is extremely important it teaches them values it gives them patriotism a connection to their state and it's better education than any university this is why by the way israeli youngsters you know supposedly they go to university much later, you know, at right. the age of yep. maybe 22, sometimes 23. And yet in life they excel. Right. They build amazing startups. They do so many things. And you know why? Because the army gives them responsibility that in civil life, maybe at the age of 40, 50, you might get. Yeah. So they learn a lot. They learn values, but they also learn to manage. They become officers at a very young age. This is our secret.
0: It's an amazing thing and and they, people come out and they're more mature when they go to college. They make better use of the time in college. Yes. A lot of studies have shown that.
1: I changed my major a number of times because I was too young to figure uh, it out.
0: There you go, see, <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, General, um, there is a lot that happened at the end of the Trump administration. The Abraham Accords were such a momentous event. They don't get much appreciation in the United States or as much as they deserve, but in the region, that was the beginning of a real change, right?
3: For us, President Trump, made a huge change, he recognized the Golan Heights, he moved the embassy to Jerusalem, that was amazing. He brought peace agreements, and what he didn't manage to do, and this is the next step, this is what we expect, hopefully from the next administration, is bringing sovereignty to the Jordan Valley, and to the jewish towns yep. because israel must be sovereign between the sea and the jordan valley if we want to exist this is a very basic thing it's spiritual but it's also a military and security wise yeah we need sovereignty
1: i wanted to ask you about that that beautiful hunk of metal the iron dome uh Americans are in huge support of it. But when I was in Israel, I saw it in person for the first time. And you don't really expect for it to look the way that it does because it is so technologically advanced. And a lot of people don't realize how advanced Israel is. And that's a huge part of of your success in that region, right?
3: It's true. And it's also important for the U.S. because today there is a huge challenge with the Russians, the Indians, the Chinese. They're all in a race, of technological race, quantum computing, and the hypersonic missiles. And the way the U.S. can really challenge the East is by by really working with Israel and developing together technologies that will be high-end, and keeping the U.S. at the lead of the technological race. This must be done with Israel. There is Absolutely. no other way. Yeah,
1: That's and simple. continuing to fund it. General, we appreciate your time. We know it's very valuable, and, and we love to have you on. Thank you for your time. Thank insight. you very
3: much. Thank you, sir. It was a pleasure. pleasure.
1: All right, and we've got more coming up after the break. We've got some commercials coming up, but coming back, we will be here at the National Religious Broadcasters Conference. Don't miss it. We'll be
0: back. kidneys and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens.
1: Welcome back everybody. We are here with actress, director and faith leader Sherry Rigby as well as friend of the amazing Tali who apparently has an incredible story. We don't know the story yet. We are going to hear it as you do and I've heard that it is uh, a miraculous story. So Tali, tell us a little bit about you and
4: your story. Well, thank you for having me. Um, My name is Tali Shalem Tao. Um, I'm the CEO of Holly Gems and our story, it began about 25 years ago when my father established, uh, started a journey against all arts and against all scientific assumptions to look for precious gems in the land of Israel. Wow. For the first time in history. You know, there, are, there have been, uh, writ- it's written in the Bible, in Isaiah, he's talking yeah. about that that God promised Israel that he will lay the the foundations with sapphires and all the borders with precious stones yes but nobody ever tried and, she searched, to yes. it. Yeah. and used for the Ark of the Covenant too yeah right exactly so um, my father about 30 years ago the Lubavitcher Rebbe was. Um, very, very influential Jewish, the, the greatest Rebbe in, the, in this generation. Um, he said that about this Isaiah prophecy, about the precious gems in Israel, he said that these gems yeah. are supposed to be in the northern, northern Israel, uh, near the Carmel mountain, wow. um, Zvulun Valley, this region. And my father heard these words that the Rebbe said. And he was a great believer of anything that the Rebbe said. And um, so he took these words literally and started this journey. Again, against all scientific assumptions at that time. Um, And about uh, two years ago, the government of Israel, for the first time in history, uh, declared that we found the first... Uh, ever deposit of precious gems in this land.
0: Wow. Amazing.
4: Um, and unfortunately, my father passed away just a few months before this declaration. Oh. You know, he like Moses came to <laughs> came to yeah. the entry of, and didn't made it, but but we, m- me and and my brothers oh, and like my sisters, on. yeah, we yeah. took his. Uh, this amazing project and uh, now we are telling the world that these gems exist and we put them in jewelry yeah
0: look at that yeah
4: Um, and uh, this is the way that we uh, give the world a chance to to enjoy these gems Um, but uh, this is this is the amazing thing that it never happened before and. we call it like a tangible proof of, of, of these Bible prophecies. Yeah. Unreal.
0: Uh, yeah. So, Sherry, how did you two guys connect? And then you went to Israel just recently, right? I did. Yeah, about that.
5: That was loud. Um, I did. I was actually, uh, I was invited to come and visit Tali and the family with Holy Gems. And also I spent time with Israel 365. And so I ended up, we ended up meeting one another. And I remember Matthew Farachi saying, the moment you meet, you'll just know. You'll just know. And at that moment when we met, I was like, okay, I just know.
0: (laughs) Isn't that amazing?
5: So my husband and I ended up going. And, um, you know, you you always kind of have this moment where you think it's going to be one type of trip. And then what you realize is that God had such a greater plan for it all along. And so we were there in the Holy Land, but we experienced it so differently and so actually the, the stones that I have on, something that I thought was so fascinating, you know as Christians we have throughout our Bible, throughout the Bible Isaiah 54:11 11 that Tali's talking about we talk from Genesis to Revelation we hear about the precious stones and so to be in the Holy Land to see how they're excavating it and mining it and then to be able to touch them and feel them and see it and then what I'm wearing is actually what's called a carmel sapphire it was actually mined on Mount Carmel and it's the only place in the world that these sapphires are actually laid and found and so it was the, the most precious gift to know that I'm literally wearing something that, that the Lord talked about in scripture and they've actually now found in, on Mount Carmel and, so, and then we just, we just had this time where we discovered the Holy Land in a whole new way That's amazing. amazing.
1: And I hear that time and time again about people who go to Israel. It was the same thing for me when I went. Mm. Um, I want to switch gears and ask you about your organization, the Women in Our World, Mm -hmm. uh, and how that ties in with Hollywood and the film industry. Talk to us about that activism.
5: Absolutely. Well, so I started years ago uh, as an actress. And so the women in my world became something that was very uh, just a part of my life. I went to Hollywood and I thought, well, God's going to make me this huge movie star. And he's absolutely opened so many doors for me. But really, the moment that I was sitting in this little acting studio, God spoke to my heart and he said, you're here for my women. And so this ministry started where I went from two women to 25 to now a couple hundred overnight. But what we've seen so far is that we've actually now started to provide resources through the nonprofit, education and resources to women in entertainment and media. And so what we now do is we actually facilitate and put women on sets and in active roles to tell stories. And so the last movie I directed, we actually facilitated through the Women in My World, seven women, that were on set, paid for by the ministry to actually learn through the process so that then they can go out and be part of the entertainment industry. And so it's discipleship, resources, and education. And it's been incredible just to see what God is doing with these powerful voices in entertainment.
0: Amazing learning lab. That's just crazy. Wow. Uh, we got about a minute left. I want to start with you, Tali. Um, Israel doesn't get portrayed very favorably in the media today. Christians don't get portrayed very favorably in the mainstream media. What's the challenge? How do we break through that? Believing. Believing, yeah.
4: Believing
0: what we do. Yeah. Believing our truth. Believing in yourself.
4: And just take
5: it out there. That's a great yeah, yeah. great advice. Yeah? And for you? I just, you know, when I... I went to Calvary when my husband and I started uh, dating, we ended up at Calvary and the pastor there said, without the Old Testament, there's no New Testament. And so I really think as Christians, as believers, we need to support Israel. We need to partner with our brothers and sisters and we need to stand behind them at all costs. And I think that's so important. And so we need to know the word of the Lord and what that means as believers. And so God says, these are his people, and, and so we should be behind them 100%. percent yeah, lifelong
0: friends now, right?
1: Yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> How about that? Well, All you right. both
1: have amazing stories. Yeah, I, see, absolutely. I see Esther in both of you. I see Deborah in both of you. I see those aspects in each of you, and um, we appreciate you being here. Yeah, thank, thank you so much.
0: Hey folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you got to do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. With a multi-trillion dollar trade deficit and ongoing geopolitical instability, experts say now is the time to make the switch. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Protect your retirement today with one simple phone call and receive your free gold and silver guide from my good friends at Genesis Gold. To do that, call Genesis Gold Group today at 800-200-G-O-L-D-GOLD. That's 800-200-GOLD and find out how you can add precious metals to your IRA. One more time, let me give you the number. It's 800-200-4653. 800 200 4653 gold, or visit them at genesisgoldgroup.com. Genesis Gold, welcome to the John Solomon, just the news family. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward in investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, amac.us to become a four-year member for just Join now at AMAC, AMAC.US Just News. That's AMAC.US forward Just News.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to National Religious Broadcasters Conference. We are here with Rabbi Dov Littman. Thank you so much for being here. You are a former American. It's all right, we'll forgive you. You, ga- you gave up your citizenship for a very good reason, a former member of Knesset, an author, the list goes on and on. But you intrigued me as we were just chatting before we came to air a story about your grandmother. So let's start there. This.
6: We'll absolutely start there. And this is a story which I think about on an, almost a daily basis. So I grew up in America. I lived in America most of my life. And we decided we're gonna pick up and what's called make Aliyah, which is to move upwards and move to Israel to fulfill yeah. the ingathering of the exiles as the prophets talk about in yeah. the Bible. Yeah. Of course. But then I had to call my grandmother and tell her, we're moving to Israel. And I was very, very nervous about <laughs> I that. Bet. that. Yeah. Well, my grandma's a Holocaust survivor. She was in the golden wow. years of her life enjoying her grandchildren, great-grandchildren. She, saw, she lived to see great-great-grandchildren. Oh, wow. wow. And I have to tell her we're moving to Israel. And I called and I said, "Bubby," which is grandma in Yiddish. Okay this summer we're going to be making aliyah we're moving to israel and i braced myself for what i somewhat jokingly call the wrath of bubby because (laughs) she had no political correctness she said whatever was going exactly and my grandmother says in hebrew Blessed art thou, our Lord, God of our fathers, who has kept us alive and brought us to this great day. Mm. Wow. And she said, as a, as a Holocaust survivor, seeing how we have suffered as a people for 2,000 years yeah. in exile, to know that her grandchildren, a great-grandchildren are settling in Israel, she has nothing but thanks to God. Mm. Wow.
0: What an amazing moment. Yeah. You have done so much to try to bring Israel and America closer. We have so many young generations of Americans that have gotten a distorted view of Israel. You spent the last decade really retraining them on the facts. How is that going? And what can we all do to contribute to that dialogue? So there's no
6: doubt it's been a great challenge for me because we're talking about facts. We're not talking about uh, which narrative should one person accept, right? The Jewish people lived in the land of Israel. We prayed for the land of Israel. It's our right to be in the land of Israel. We are not aggressors. We have no desire to hurt anyone. We want to live side by side with our Arab neighbors in the land of Israel. And yet this narrative has developed which says that we are the aggressors. We are the... How can you occupy your biblical and ancestral homeland? so I travel around, and I even wrote a book called Fact Over Fiction. Just let's talk about facts. We can discuss the politics. Should we do this, this, or the other? Sure. But the facts have to be known. And yeah. I do believe that young people want to hear facts. We live in a world of such distortions. and And re, people create their own realities. But when you show them, for example, you show them the Palestine Post which was the Jewish newspaper right. in Jerusalem when the place was called Palestine yeah. and had nothing to do with a group called the Palestinians. Right. When you talk about where does the name Palestine come from, And it was actually an attempt to remove a Jewish entity in the yeah. land. So you show them these facts, and young people are willing to hear it if you come to them with a place of intellectual honesty. Yep. And let's really just analyze it from a place of truth. Uh, what smart advice.
1: Yeah, and... and the facts are important and and the facts pertaining to Israel's geographical location are incredible, um, the spiritual side of things, but also on the business side, I mean, Israel Israelis are incredible innovators I passed a soda stream at one of the booths back there, which was invented, I think, in Ariel Israel, Correct. Um, so many amazing inventions, a water purification system that was exported to countries that don't think Israel should exist, talk to us about the miracle that is the nation of Israel
6: When I think about this story, it's not just the people who for 2,000 years held on to a faith of coming back to their land, which to begin with is yeah, miraculous, is but exactly. it's also foretold in the Bible.
1: People aren't but patient these days, especially for 2,000 years. <laughs> exactly, correct.
6: <laughs> but that to come back surrounded on all sides by enemies determined to destroy it and build exactly the land that you just talked about. I, for a period of time, helped government relations for an organization that brings Israeli technology to Africa to mm-hmm. help give them clean water and mm-hmm. electricity. These are the, this is who we are. We just yeah. want to bring good to the world. Yeah. And then I want to tell you, so my son, My son, who was a regular American kid, played Little League Baseball, plays on the Israel National Baseball team today, also a commander in an elite combat unit. He doesn't want to hurt anybody. He just wants to protect. But because they're put in that position, they develop ingenuity, they develop creativity, Mm -hmm. and they develop a desire. I want to actually do good for the world. And that's part of the miracle of Israel, for
1: sure. Yeah. And
0: in the last few years, we've seen some miraculous evolution in the relationship between Israel and its Arab neighbors, the Abraham Accords, they don't get nearly enough attention here in the United States, but they really are a seismic shift in global relations. Tell us what it's done, the the, the commerce, the innovation sharing, in uh, the future peace that now is reachable because of those accords.
6: The fact that the average Israeli is saying, how many times have you been to Dubai? Yeah. How many times have you been to yeah. Dubai? Yeah. Right, yeah. No one would have thought that could ever yeah, that's happen. Right. It would have yeah. never happened. been uttered Correct, and they love it, and there's kosher restaurants, and they can walk around freely, more freely in Dubai in the United Arab Emirates than in European countries where that's they have amazing. to fear anti-Semitic attacks. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. But that's also, I really truly believe that's part of God's plan as you start seeing, even uh, you have... You know, with the Jews and Christians coming together as we're certainly experiencing here right. Right? And, and you have Arabs who are willing to live side by side with Jews and, and recognize Israel for what it is which is the homeland of the Jewish people uh, that's part of the miracle story as well and no I do doubt. believe it's part of bringing us towards you know a final redemption of sorts that everyone can celebrate together part of my work in bringing new immigrants to Israel uh, is part of that vision as well of the fulfillment of the ingathering of the exiles as we reach these miraculous times in Israel
1: yeah, yeah. and talk Huge. to us a little bit more more about that organization because you know as you said you have all of these jews living in exile the diaspora across the world and now coming back to israel talk to us about how your organization incentivizes so I
6: run an or, i'm blessed to run an organization called yad El-Olim, which means a hand to those who are coming up moving to israel mm-hmm. is moving up not necessarily in a topog- topographic right. type of way right, but, right, but spiritually. Right. Yeah. In two years, we have had over thirty thousand families from forty-one wow. different countries say wow. help us come back home to the land of Israel. <laughs> people can read about it at yadleolim.org. It's unbelievable. That is amazing. Literally, for thousands of years, people of faith opened the Bible and God promised this would happen, and people believed it, because we're people of faith. Yeah. You don't have to believe it anymore. It's happening right in front of our eyes. Forty-one different countries, every continent, That's people amazing. saying it's my time to move back home and take my biblical and ancestral birthright in the land of Israel. Mm.
0: That's so amazing. Um, We struggle here in the United States with a wave of anti-Semitism that's unprecedented in my lifetime for sure, whether it's Holocaust denialism, hatred of Israel, distorted stories. What is the best advice you can give us on this side of the ocean? To, to start to reverse this trend because it's very troubling. I mean, we see it almost every day. Yeah, now it's troubling
6: for me as someone yeah. who grew up in America very openly Jewish and never experienced a moment yeah. of anti said not a moment. I was all, I had friends that were from all faiths and backgrounds yeah. and we respected one another and now I walk around in certain places in America and I have to be cautious as well. The wow. only advice I can give to people is twofold. One is, people stand up and be proud of their faith. If all people of faith just say, we believe in God, we have our faith, we're gonna stand for one another, that's the first step. And the second step is, for people, I do have really have to learn the history of the Jewish people and what we have been through, facts, exactly what you said, and then hopefully say, we actually wanna respect those people, we wanna rally around those people, we can be friends, brothers, and give so much to each other, that's the way it has to really be.
0: Welcome back, America. Where we saved our very last session of interview for this incredible week here in Orlando at National Religious Broadcast Association to bring a great interview with one of our most courageous colleagues. Ben Berkram covers the border like no one else in America, courageous, and he's brought some extraordinary artifacts. I want you to see them because we're denied the truth about the border. We're constantly told the border's secure and it's not open. That is not true. Ben's gonna show you what he found in his most recent tour down there. Ben, welcome. We love what you do. These things are amazing. Yeah, it's sad because,
7: and I wish I didn't have to have them, but it really does tell the story. I was just down on the border, we, we came back up, we were in, uh, down in Panama, our next episode of Law and Border actually airing tomorrow on uh, uh, Real America's Voice, 4 p.m. Saturday. Must uh, watch. The, it, it's gonna really show you, it's the the culmination of us finishing the trip across the Darien Gap. Um, and I'll start with that. This is, uh, this is one of those things, I've talked to you guys about it, but this is a rape kit that the United Nations OIM put out. This was, uh, we we saw this on the Columbia side in Nacokley uh, where OIM was giving this out and ironically they call it a care kit. Uh, and what's inside of these, among other things, are male and female condoms and birth control because they know the women are going to be raped along the way. And this was actually given to me by Michael Yan. So we saw them giving these out in Nacokley and then he actually got this from one of the ladies who had come across the Darien Gap when she got out. Uh, but this is the level of evil that we're up against. And then we just went down after Title 42 ended, You know, Secretary Marcus had this big uh, announcement that, oh, it's gonna be better, it's not gonna be this whole disaster, they're gonna use Title 8 to deport, they're not gonna allow illegal entry. And I went down to see, we started in Brownsville, ended in Tijuana, to see if any of what he was saying was true, uh, none of it is. Everything that we're being told is a lie. Yep. And, and this is just evidence of that. Unbelievable. So this, these are IDs. Um, just to give you an idea, this was from Yuma. But this is you'll find these all over the place. So we have Republic of Congo, we have Ecuador, we have Peru. Um, yeah. I have uh, IDs from Ghana, a, a voter ID, ironically, from Ghana. I guess they're, they're racist Peru, in America, yeah. but in Ghana they're allowed. We have ripped up IDs from Senegal. Uh, we have people from Sudan, from China. And then these are really interesting. These are permanent residence cards from Mexico. And these are dumped. And the reason these are all dumped, you'd say, why would you dump your ID? Why would you dump a passport? Yeah. And we've interviewed a lot of the people that do this. And they say, well, we've been told by the NGOs, non-governmental organizations, by the United Nations, that we have an easier time getting in yeah. if they don't know who we are. Yeah. And in particular, a guy like this from Sri Lanka, who has a permanent resident card from Mexico. Well, yeah. you can't qualify for asylum you can't, in America right? Right. if you've been given permanent residency in Mexico. Right. So they know that. They've been coached that. But all of this... Goes back to these leftist organizations aiding and abetting the cartels that are undermining America. Uh, groups like the United Nations, Catholic Charities, Lutheran Social Services, yeah. uh, Jewish Family Services, who I confronted in San Ysidro, California wow. when I was there last year. So. Wow. So
1: this caught my eye because I recognize Arabic. Yep. And then underneath it, the Quran.
7: This was also in this pile of stuff that we found. Uh, with the i uh, discarded ids this was the first quran i found i found this last week in yuma arizona alongside of this prayer booklet uh islamic prayer booklet uh that was dropped as they're coming in and what we do know uh one thing is more suspected terrorists have come across this year alone yeah. than ever before yeah. uh, and, yeah. and, and, and com- uh, uh, then all years combined since we've been recording it more, more suspected terrorists have come across. That is shocking. It should shock every single American.
0: It, it should. It, listen, it's a security threat. And we see the fraud, when someone knows they're dumping their permanent residency card, they know they're committing fraud. Yep. We keep being told by the government, oh, there's no fraud going on. These are all well-meaning people. It's not true. And you, you bring us the proof every day with your great reporting at the border and with all of these artifacts now. Ben, we got about a minute left, what is the single most important thing that's going to happen in the next 30 days at the border? Uh, It seems like the cartels have pulled back, trafficking for a little while, let the cameras go home then they're going to stuff a lot of people over. Is that right? Two,
7: two things happened. I'll do say this as quick as I can. Uh, we had a, a front load effect uh, before Title 42 went away. And so we had some of the highest weeks in recorded history right. that came across on the front end. Those people would have in normal weeks waited and gone across when Title 42 ended. So it looked like the numbers decreased the following week, but really what that was, was a front load uh, uh, in the weeks prior to Title 42 going away. Yeah. The biggest problem we have right now is they've they've redefined what illegal is yeah. now they're using cbp1 as a uh, basically everyone gets in we have de facto open borders at our southern border and it's only going to get worse it's not going to get better but again the moral of the story is everything that myorcas and joe biden are telling you is a lie about our border and they're allowing mm-hmm. it to happen to the point where homeland security is giving out bag tags when you come across so you can tag your own bags make sure you get your stuff back it's they're, they're
0: in trafficking. They're facilitating it. They're, they're aiding they're and abetting in trafficking, tra- right? And you yeah. guys
7: broke the story about the the children yeah. not doing DNA testing. Yeah. We have basically legalized child trafficking into America. Yeah,
0: Unbelievable, Ben. One of the things I, I one I'm most proud of uh, being a member of Real America's Voice is the fact that I get to see you every day in action. You are a courageous, remarkable journalist telling truth in a sea of dishonesty. We want to thank you for that courage. And 4 p.m. tomorrow. 4 p.m. Right? 4 tomorrow, 4 p.m. guys, all on board. Don't miss that. And on behalf of Amanda and I, I want to thank Troy Miller, the entire uh, national. Association of Broadcasters, excuse me, Religious Broadcasters, for allowing us to be here this week, being such gracious hosts, giving us so many guests. We hope you enjoyed it. I know I certainly did. Have a great weekend. Hey, folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day.